Good morning, people of hope. My name is Pastor Stephen. We are in our series, Then Sings My Soul, exploring the scriptures behind the time-tested songs we sing. Today, our song is the battle hymn of the Republic. The song originated as a battle cry for Union soldiers marching against their Confederate countrymen in the United States Civil War. Over a million husbands, brothers, and sons lost their lives. And over four million enslaved people went free. 2,000 years ago, the Jewish people were plotting their own civil war. They eagerly awaited a Messiah who would lead them in battle to overthrow their Roman oppressors. As we journey through John 6, we discover that Jesus isn't that kind of Messiah. He's a better one. And his weapon of choice is a fish sandwich. Let's start our journey as all journeys should. Let's pray. Gracious God, you are infinitely creative. And Lord, as we journey through the gospel today, your creativity is on full display. Help us, Lord, to be satisfied with the daily bread that you have provided for us. Help us, Lord, to feast on you. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's church said, Amen. Amen. There's no time to pack a cooler, no time to stop for lunch. You missed the boat, and now you're running along the shoreline to catch up. The lake called Galilee is about eight miles across. You hop over the docks at Capernaum, still smelling the fresh-caught sardines in their nets. As you round the bend at Bethsaida, a crowd is running alongside you. You feel like you've entered a race. Finally, you reach the western shore where that boat has docked. That boat that has now become a stage. And the wildflower hillside has become the amphitheater. The show is about to begin. Why did you run eight miles around a lake without packing a lunch? Well, the man on the boat, he's Jesus. The miracle worker, he casts out demons and heals the sick every show. You think he might be the Messiah. There's only one problem. You've been running for almost two hours, and you can't hear a word over your growling stomach. There's no restaurant for miles. What do you do? That takes us to John chapter 6, verse 5. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to what? Test him. For he already had in mind what he was going to do. Jesus 
he already has the miracle up his sleeve. But he messes with Philip first. Philip takes the bait. He looks over the crowd, about 5,000 families, packed in like those sardines you saw in the Capernaum nets. It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have one bite. Let's do the math with today's prices. We'll see if Philip's right. A box lunch is what, $10? Multiply that by 5,000 families, you are well over six figures. Philip says, no way. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up, verse 8. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? I love that Andrew actually tries. He says, here's something small and here's something smaller. Can you make it work? Jesus says, I can. Verse 10, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So we can assume also women and children adding to that count. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to the disciples, gather the pieces that are what? Left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Fish sandwiches for everyone. They started with five small barley loaves. Now they have 12 baskets left over. God can do big things with small offerings. Even the smallest offerings multiply in his hands. What can you offer God? From that moment forward, you follow Jesus wherever he goes. His boat sails back to Capernaum, and you're running along the shore to catch up. He's the headliner at the local synagogue, basically a Jewish church building. And his opening line, it's worth tweeting. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. These opening words, I am. Echo the name of God given to Moses in the burning bush. The great I am. Back then, God sustained Moses by giving him bread from heaven. Jesus says, I am the God of Moses. I am the bread from heaven. I am the source of life. All you have to do is eat me. Wait, what? The crowd is confused. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus doubles down. 
Verse 53, very truly, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. You've heard of the last day. The Pharisees, they talk about it all the time. This last day when God will resurrect his people in perfect physical bodies, on a perfect physical heaven on earth. You know the last day. You want eternal life, resurrection life. But you're not so sure about eating that man's flesh, drinking that man's blood, Surely Jesus doesn't mean this literally. Jesus triples down. Verse 55. For my flesh is what? Real food. And my blood is what? Real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. And I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Some people like to say that Jesus is speaking metaphorically. That he doesn't really mean what he's saying. Jesus leaves no room for doubt. His flesh is real food. His blood is real drink. The crowd, they don't think this is a metaphor. They think that he's gone crazy. Verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. It's too crazy for the crowds. Remember how just days ago you raced along the Galilean shoreline, catching glimpses of his boat on the horizon? Remember how you sunk your teeth into that fish sandwich that multiplied to feed 5,000? Back then, you were hooked. But now, you're horrified. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. You're out of here. You leave. You don't want to leave too, do you? Jesus asks the twelve. Peter doesn't hesitate to respond. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. The crowds turned back. They ordered fish sandwiches, not Jesus sandwiches. The kitchen must have messed up the order. Jesus' disciples, they march on. Some time passes. It's a Thursday night. Jesus takes the twelve out for dinner. He holds up bread, saying, this is my body broken for you. He holds up wine, saying, this is my cup shed for you. On Friday, Jesus dies, crucified on a Roman cross. But Jesus has something up his sleeve. 
On Sunday, Jesus rises from the dead. Glory, glory, hallelujah. All of a sudden, everything clicks. And when I say everything, I mean everything. How all the way back in the first pages of the Old Testament, back in Genesis, the first priest sets bread and wine on the altar. How all the way back in Genesis, all the way back in Exodus, God rains down bread from heaven. All the way back in Leviticus, God places blood like wine upon the altar. How all the way back in 2 Kings, God multiplies bread to feed a crowd. How in Psalms, God shares the bread of the angels. How in Zechariah, God shares the wine of the altar. You see, all along, from the very start, God has been sending a message. Bread from heaven is coming. Wine from heaven is coming. This bread would be God's body broken for you. This wine would be God's blood shed for you. From here on, the disciples never turn back. They march from city to city, from nation to nation, proclaiming that Jesus' body is real food, that Jesus' blood is real drink. Every Sunday, they set bread and wine on the altar. And every Sunday... God makes the bread and wine, the body and blood of Jesus. He is the only food for our heart's hunger. He is the only drink for our spirit's thirst. And 2,000 years later, his truth is still marching on. We've heard John's story. How do we live what we've learned? Jesus tells us right here in the story. Eat my flesh, drink my blood. If you're new to church, that probably sounds pretty crazy. It did to Jesus' original audience. But Jesus made it simple. He showed us how. That Thursday, in the upper room, the minister holds up bread and wine, saying the words Jesus taught us. We all pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Then we share the miracle together. Some people call it the Lord's Supper. Some people call it the Eucharist, a Greek word for giving thanks. We call it communion. Some people like to fast for an hour or more before they partake in communion. Some people like to bow their head as they get close. Some people like to make the sign of the cross, three fingers together for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, touching your head, heart, and shoulders to give God everything. Some people like to say amen when they're handed the bread and when they're handed the wine. But this moment isn't about some people. 
This moment is about you giving God. You bringing God back into your life. One bite at a time. It's about Christ in you. Colossians 1.27 To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, that's most of us, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let's focus in on those three words. Let's say them together. Christ in you. Let's repeat them one more time. Christ in you. Just pause and reflect on these words. Christ in you. The hope of glory. That's communion. On that lakeshore, Jesus fed 5,000 families with five loaves and two fish. Through communion, God feeds his people everywhere. Glory, glory, alleluia. His truth is marching on. Let's pray. Gracious God, you who are infinitely creative gave that Galilean hillside a foretaste of the bread from heaven that you would bring. When your body was broken, your blood was shed for us and for our salvation, you nourish us you restore us. Not out of what is left over, but out of what is essential to you. Out of your very self, out of your very body and blood. Lord, help us to approach your table with wonder and with awe. And help us to always be satisfied in you. Praise you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.